My Story podcast. This is where we sit down, we speak with different people, and learn more to their story. Man, Todd Noldy today was a, a, a tremendous guest for us. I really enjoyed his calmness and his friendliness, and then to learn so much about him, including just his passion for music at such a young age. You know, I love doing these podcasts, and I know I say this every episode, but, you know, you we do all kind of know each other, but then you sit down and you hear the stories of the in-between all of it, and watching him, and again, I wish our listeners, I wish this was a visual, because watching him come alive when he talks about his passion for music or food or his relation, his shit with Zane and just watching him come alive. But when he tells these stories, even of early days in Minnesota, don't you just feel like you're there? I think everyone's going to enjoy it. Yeah, I knew this interview was not going to disappoint. He uh, really nailed it and he showed uh, everyone just who he is and what what uh, motivates and drives him and his music and his creativity. Just uh, it's, it's really great to hear him talk about it. Enjoy. Well, Todd Noldy, thanks for joining us in More to My Story podcast. It's uh, great to have you here today. My pleasure. Yes, we have been wanting to talk to you and learn more about your story since we started our podcast. So I'm so glad the timing worked out and you could join us today. I'm glad to be here. Thank you for asking. So from the notes you gave us, you were born in Stillwater, Minnesota, um, and that's where you grew up. So kind of tell us about what life was like in Stillwater, Minnesota. Well, Stillwater is not a very big place. It's about 20,000 people now, which is kind of good size. Um, but um, it was just a, a very quiet place. You could ride your bike all day and, you know, hang out and not worry about anything. Right. It's a very picturesque city. It's on a river uh, in a big valley, and it's very historic. It's the birthplace of Minnesota. Oh. Um, so we had a lot of family. My my parents both had their parents uh, alive. So, and my dad comes from a big Catholic family. So there were lots of cousins at Christmas and celebrations. Yes. Are you an only child? No, I have a sister, three uh, years younger. Oh, okay. Both okay. of us are adopted. Oh, I didn't know yeah. that. See, this is what's fun about this podcast. I didn't know you're both adopted. I didn't know either of you were um, at birth or as mm-hmm. a young child. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. So where is Stillwater in the state? Stillwater is uh, southeast. It's due east of St. Paul, Minneapolis, and it's on the border with Wisconsin. Okay. Oh. So like Eau Claire, is that on the border? Or St. Cloud? That's north. That's north? That's all north. Okay. What about like Red Wing? South. South. Okay. Mm -hmm. Do people always think Stillwater, Oklahoma, when you say you're from Stillwater? Uh, I usually say Minnesota. Yeah. Okay. Because even, yeah. yeah. That's funny. Because Minnesotans are like Texans. They're very proud of their state. Very. Very much so. Yes. So what do you do in winters? Do you like the cold weather? I love the cold weather. Um, We we were, we went outside a lot Mm -hmm. and, and did stuff. So... We ice skated a lot. We skied, uh, took ski lessons, in fact, played hockey. Oh, yeah. Um, that sort of thing. And then in the summer, played golf and tennis and rode bikes and yes. had a good time. Oh, that's fun. Very good. So early in, in here, you learned how to play the piano. So 
just you wanted to play the piano? Or? Well, my grandma wanted me to play the piano. She had made sure my mom had piano lessons, and I loved playing the piano as a toddler. Oh. Uh, in fact, my Tinker Toys oh. kind of played the piano one day and broke all the ivory keys, which my mother <laughs> no. never let me forget. Oh, my god! So she had to have it all redone with new keys and stuff. Oh, my goodness. Um, and I have that piano in my house now, and when she comes down, she goes, it's a shame we have those plastic keys. You used to have such beautiful ivory keys. My mother, I think, was secretly Jewish. Because oh, she, yeah. she does guilt very well. Well, that's her cat. Well, and, no, you said your dad was Catholic, yeah, right? Okay. Yeah, but she's a Lutheran. You know, yeah. So. yeah. Oh, my goodness. So I, I played a lot. And so my grandmother said, he should take piano lessons. So in, in the summer when I was in kindergarten, be, be, between kindergarten and first grade. I started piano lessons. Oh my goodness. That is amazing. That's a, that's pretty young, right? Generally kids will start piano in like the elementary. Second grade, yeah, probably. Yeah. And you were a natural from the get-go? I played the piano all the time, and I'd play things by ears. So she was like, well, I'll just give him piano lessons. That's so awesome. I took from a lady who taught at the Presbyterian Church, and... Uh, that lasted about a year and a half, and I'd gone through all these books and stuff. So they got me another teacher, and that lady played in a bar. But oh she, she was a good pianist. Uh, her husband was a bartender, and she played the piano. That is awesome. And she uh, had a piano, an upright piano, and a little spinet organ in her basement. And she gave piano lessons and smoked incessantly. Oh, my and goodness. And so my mother would read magazines and sit on the sofa in her basement. And, and I took piano lessons from her. Oh, my gosh. And you learned how to read music at that time? Yes. That was a struggle. <laughs> because oh, when really? you can play by ear, reading music is the last thing you want to do. It's very hard. I would think it's almost like relearning a second language because you know this sounds like this, but now you have to translate yeah. it to look like that. Yeah. And she, re I think she played by ear, obviously. But yeah. I, I think she probably didn't get a grasp of how to do it. I, I taught piano lessons in my, well, I was going to graduate school and stuff. And I taught completely different than how I learned. Because by then I knew that there's a pedagogy to it and a way to do it. And yes. She kind of did not. You sure, know, sure. We just followed along and, okay, learn this. Okay. <laughs> That's awesome. So you, you were uh, playing a piano. She had this organ. And in your notes here, you said that she gave you the motivation saying you couldn't play her organ because you wanted to learn how to play the organ until you learned so many books. Right. I had to get through level G, whatever that was. <laughs> and I don't know how many books that was. And she was like, okay. And I'd wanted to play the organ because we went to church twice on Sunday. We would go to the early service and go to mass with my father. And that's when we'd see all the cousins and grandpa and grandma and everybody. And then dad would go to work and he would drop us off two blocks away at the Lutheran church and we would go to church with mom at the Lutheran church oh, and we always gosh. sat by the organ because the organ was kind of towards the front up on the one side and I was just mesmerized by the organ and I knew, you know, I wanted to do that. Oh, so I loved that. How old would you say you were when you were oh, like... like second or third grade. I was like, I've got to do this. Isn't that yeah. something? Yeah. Did, and at what point in your life did you realize you were on that track? Was it probably by third grade? I wanted to do that. And you're like, "This is what I'm going to do for my life." 
Man, that is such a <clears throat> gift. Well, you know, after I had started to play the organ at her house, she was like, yeah, I'm really not an organ teacher. And so um, we ended up going over to this store that sold organs. And they said, well, we have different organ teachers who teach out of the store. And, uh, you know, depending on your ability or what you're interested in, we can, you know, connect you with somebody. So my organ teacher had uh, lived in in Waukesha, Wisconsin, a a suburb of Milwaukee. And uh, he came to the Twin Cities every other week for four days and taught students. And his students won all of the, the most prestigious organ contests which at that time they were all pop music, you know, that sort of yes. thing. And so that's what I learned to play was pop music. So give me an example of what a pop song would be on the organ. Like, oh, like Meliguania or anything you'd hear on the radio. Yes. You know. um, and so I took from him and, and people came from all, all around the upper Midwest to learn with him. He wow. was very, very well respected. And his thing was he took you to these contests all throughout the mid-United States, and you would gradually, you know, work up. And the biggest one at that time was the Yamaha International Festival. And that's where I met a lot of people that I know to this day. So how old were you around that time when you started? Junior high. Junior high. Seventh grade. And were you one of the youngest? Like, were you? No. Oh, Mm -hmm. really? So this man would come in but have all the ages still. Mm -hmm. Wow. And that's when you got your first job, right? Seventh grade, St. Lucas United Methodist Church in a little, it was very rural uh, farmland and a little white church. They had like maybe 12 pews on each side (laughs) and the little white parsonage. Oh my goodness. And so you played, you were there. there. Until I graduated from high school. Yeah, so five or six years of being the the music lead, so to speak. Of, At of starting from seventh or eighth grade through high school, yeah, they needed somebody to accompany for their uh, cantata at yeah. Christmas, and the whole choir would fit in the first two pews <laughs> yeah. on one side. Yeah, and the lady would sit on a stool in front of them, and then there was a little piano, and she would teach them these little cantatas and, yeah. and stuff. And they said, "Well, can you play on Sunday morning?" I said, "Well, yeah, yeah, I can play him." So I would just play the hymns and all that, and it, it was it was really cool. It was that, a nice little job, very is. relaxing. You know, no yeah. getting up too early because they only had one service at eleven o'clock, and generally they would have a lunch afterwards oh. in the basa, which kind of made it pretty yeah. nice. So and they paid you, yeah, yeah. I got fifty dollars a week back then, which I, I, I thought was pretty. Say. That's, that's pretty, huge. Yeah, I mean, back in the forties. <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, I had a paper route. That and, was the and late I don't 70s. Think I made yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah. $100, $150 a month, and you're yeah. making $200, $250 a month playing yeah. New Oregon. And my mom kept all of it. <laughs> oh, your manager, your she, momager. No, she literally kept all of it. And yeah. when I graduated from college, she gave it to me. Shut As up. one lump, lump sum, because she said, I know you. You would have spent that money as you got it. And it's true. It's, I would have. Right. Yeah, for sure. I mean, who wouldn't in, in teenage years? That is really cool. And so when you graduated college? Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, she did well same, done, Mom. She did the same thing with birthday money and graduate. She, she kept it all. Very clever. I asked her once if she earned interest or had invested it. <laughs> right. and she said, no, it was in the linen closet. Kind of tucked <laughs> I'm so going to say. She just kind of stuck it under the shoebox, under yep. the bed. Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, my goodness. Does your sister, did she have any music? No. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Interesting. So when you were then through high school, did you do any other extracurriculars? Or? I was in the orchestra. Okay. I started orchestra in fifth grade. As percussion or? Violin. Oh, violin. Mm. Do you still play the violin? I do not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they had started the orchestra program about a year or two before. So okay. I was in like the beginnings of it. And the man who owned uh, Channel 5 television station, his name is Kirk Carlson. Uh, he also owns Country Inn and Suites and wow. a cruise line, all kinds of things. Wow. They lived on the river, and his daughter played the bass. And so <laughs> my senior year, I have a picture from the St. Paul newspaper of me. I was principal violin. And I'm playing that violin, and Sir Neville Mariner is pointing at me and directing oh because his daughter was in the choir, so her in the orchestra. So that meant he, you know, he made sure that she had only the best conductors and and other people. So it was kind of a cool experience. That is, and you benefited from it. Yeah. From, yes. And I played violin all through undergraduate school all through college and then I quit and I could not play a single note if you paid me really no violin is not an easy no I know oh gosh beginners yeah Yeah. so when you were doing the violin through um high school and college were you still doing organ on the week because I was I was an organ keyboard major so that was my you know like I was in an ensemble so I was in, in orchestra so your college major was keyboard yeah, bachelor of music in organ oh, performance. Okay. So I had to take organ, piano, and uh, then other things as well. So, and I, I accompanied all through college. So by the time I left graduate school, I never paid for college, either undergraduate or graduate at SMU, because I always worked, oh you know, goodness. to accompany voice students and yes. instrumentalists and all that. And that. That was how I got scholarship. That is excellent. Where did you say you did your undergrad? Concordia Moorhead. Where's that? Moorhead, Minnesota. Oh, Minnesota. It's on the Fargo, North Dakota border. Okay. So what made you, uh, Thomas, tell me if I'm jumping too fast, but what made you go to SMU for graduate school? Well, so my, uh, my junior year, I auditioned for graduate school, and I worked up my pieces, and the organ teacher said, you need to audition at more than one place. So she had set up interviews at the University of Michigan, Ann Arbor, the Eastman School up in Syracuse, New York, and at SMU because she had had several people who had gone there. She also had wanted me to go to the University of Oklahoma, which has a very good program, but the lady there had passed away that year before, and she was like, you know, you really should have, you know, if it was for her, yes. So... The first place I went was Ann Arbor, and it was January, oh. and there was 12 feet of snow, and I loved it. It was the first time I had ever in my life traveled on my own, so oh. been on an airplane by myself and all that. It was great. I got to stay in a dorm with people and hang out and see the campus, and it's a beautiful campus. It's just yeah. awesome, and I liked it, but the head organ teacher wasn't there, Marilyn Mason, who I would have wanted to study with, but her assistant was there. And he immediately said, we'd love to have you, and you can be in my studio. And I was like, oh, that'd be great, kind of thinking, well, but I don't know you. But <laughs> yeah. Okay. So uh, then I went to Eastman, 
And I loved Eastman, but Syracuse, New York in the winter is also pretty cold, pretty, you know. Golly. And I liked it. It was fine. I got in. I would have been with the second organ teacher, not the first organ teacher, which was fine because he did a lot of the work with students who were going into church performance rather, or church work rather than performance. The the head one, all of those were our touring organists and that, and I knew I wasn't, I wasn't good enough to be anything like that. And then February came, and I came to Dallas and SMU, and people were laying out in the quad, and it was 78 <laughs> degrees, and people were in shorts and t-shirts. Oh. And they put me in university housing, which was like an apartment, and the maid came in every day and cleaned up after you. And they said, well, this is where you'd stay. And I was kind of like, mm. and then they said, well, and if you come here, you can be the organist at the chapel. That'll be your job. You'll have to accompany and do stuff. But we have four weddings a week every Saturday of the year. Wow. And at that yeah. time, they were, to get married at Perkins Chapel, it's pretty expensive. Really? So it's a good job. Mm-hmm. It's a good job. So I went home and I went, I'm going to Dallas. <laughs> that is so, awesome. Yeah. So let me just kind of step into this a little backwards. So you went to undergrad in, at, at Concordia. Concordia and Moorhead. Music as a major isn't real common at all colleges. It's somewhat select. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Like you know, I you know I don't know if so Sam Houston has like, a program or Concordia is like Saint Olaf. It's a Lutheran school that has a business program, a teaching program, several other things, but big music schools. Yeah, because they both had choir directors that were pretty famous. Um, uh, both of them were from the same family. Um, Paul Christensen was at my school, and Olaf Christensen was at St. Olaf, and his father had kind of started the choir program. Um, and so it was just a matter of, um, there. It, it's pretty common up there. Okay. So, yeah. Now, the other thing in your notes, you said that when you came to Dallas is when you started to uh, teach. Um, and I, I can't remember exactly where you, you made it in here, but, um, and you, uh, is that when you started to say, I want to teach music or was it before that? Did you, were you always on this path of being a music teacher and a, I think so. I, I, I did piano lessons all the way, you know, through both schools I've, I've taught privately and I stopped that when I left Dallas. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I always wanted to do it. My friend Paul had worked at this very respectable Catholic church, an incredible program. It was the home of the Dallas Box Society and stuff. And when he was getting ready to graduate, he said, they have a job. It's at 7 o'clock, you know, four days a week. And you have to teach the kids to sing a sing a piece every week in church. And you get two rehearsals. But he said, the guy that's there is amazing. He'll teach you how to do it. It's awesome. And he was an SMU graduate. And so I went there and uh, interviewed with him and uh, got that job. And so I learned on the fly a lot about choir music. I had never been in a choir, you know, done singing. So that was like a big deal. And then I was only there a year. And then they said, we have a job at St. Patrick Catholic Church and school. So you can be the organist, music director, choir director, and then teach K through eight. So I did that for one year, and that was the year 
before moving here. So was your dad and all your Catholic relatives like, oh, he's back in the Catholic school. I didn't get to go home all that often. So, uh, yeah. I don't yeah. Know. yeah. So I, I'm going to kind of jump back. So right before you go off to, to Concordia, your dad gets you a job at the country club. Uh-huh. So this kind of gets into another passion of yours or a couple other passions of yours, I think. You worked at the country club as a dishwasher initially. Yep. So what what was that summer like? Well, that was my freshman year in okay. high school. Um, and it was great. It, it, I had never had a job like that, you know. And so it worked out great because I could still have my church job on Sunday mornings, you know. Uh, and in the summer, there was no church choir or anything. So I, I had really... I, I, you know, it, it was great. And so, I, I did dishwashing. And then later I got to tear lettuce. Ooh. That was a big, that was a big <laughs> improvement. And then from there I went to, you know, do like prep cook and stuff. And it was great fun. The best part was I'd go in in the morning about 6, 630. I'd be done by two. And then I got to play golf. Oh, nice. Are you a good golfer? I was back then. Yeah. So my dad was a member of the Stillwater Country Club. And so we always went on Thursdays. That was men's day. And so starting in junior high, he'd take me out of school and we'd go golf in the afternoon. And then they had a dinner and stuff. And so he'd say, if you're going to golf, you need lessons. Yeah. So I started lessons in junior high with golf. And I was on the golf team in high school. Do you play it now at all? Not at all. Really? Yeah. I haven't played since I moved to Dallas and then here. Oh, no. wow. She finally brought my golf clubs down. She's <laughs> like, hey, you might need these someday. And I went, it's too hot to golf here. <laughs> right, <exactly. laughs> like, not used to that. Yes. So, oh, yeah. my gosh. That's great. But you also there, you mentioned that the, uh, the chef knew you liked to cook. And so he started having you assist him in preparing dishes for parties and special events. And then this kind of helped lead you into your development of loving to cook. Yes. So you're you're into cooking still? I love to cook. I have a brand new kitchen to prove it. Oh, fun. (laughs) So what what kind of cooking do you... Uh, I like all kinds of cooking. When we went to Spain, I cooked nothing but Spanish food for a month. uh, Yeah. I just love all kinds of cooking. Uh, like fancy cooking, though, not yeah, like, kind yeah. Of pretty, pretty yeah. Much. But it's one of those things when you learn technique, then you can use, you know, different ingredients and yes. do that sort of thing. Yes. So, oh, yeah. do you it. think it's the creative side of you? Because I always think, I think of so. musicians being more on the creative side. Oh, for sure. And for me, it's my hobby. Mm-hmm. You know, I can be in the kitchen for hours and. Not think anything of it. But yes. then again, I think about musicians as being very regimented of how you play. You follow a certain there's there's a lot of math to music, and there's a process, a discipline, music, yeah, and a music theory to it that makes it so it's very disciplined. And cooking, to an extent, is very disciplined as well, yes. and creative. Yeah. Oh, well. cooking is definitely an art because yeah. you, some people can open up the pantry. And be like, oh, whatever. And then people like you or my brother open up and like, oh, let me use this and that and this. And I'm like, what? And this phenomenal meal is born. And that's an art. I don't. I think you either have it or you don't. No matter how many lessons I take, I do not have it. Just and my family will attest to that. <laughs> it's it's fun. We uh, we took the choir to Croatia with Kinley Lang several years ago. And I led an additional week on the tour, and we rented a villa on Lake Como. 
And it, it was beautiful. It had nine bedrooms, all had their own bathroom and everything. And it, it was this gorgeous place, it, it, very modern architecture. And the, the balcony was really cool because it was at a marina. The balcony was as big as the villa. Oh and so you could, you could just go outside and it was gorgeous. But we would ride the bikes that were provided about a mile into town. We're at Menaggio on uh, the west side of the lake. And we'd go to the market and yes. just buy things. And it was so much fun. We'd said, if you want to have dinner, put $5 in the basket by noon. Yes. And whoever is cooking that night will take that and they'll go. And there, it doesn't matter what you buy. Because it's, it's fresh and it's local and it's it's beautiful and it's delicious. And we broke the oven. What? <laughs> the first day we were there, they have this... $12,000 oven, oh and we broke it. But they had two, so, oh, you know, okay. it, was, it, it was fine. Oh, my gosh, that is awesome. Okay, so to our listeners, I wish you could see Todd's expression as he's talking about traveling and cooking because it's joy is, like, <laughs> on you. I love it. That's great. I was just going to say, I was on that trip, and it was amazing. It's one of those trips you'll never, you just always remember it as a mm-hmm. high point in your life, and uh, you made that, you know, really made it for us by introducing us to all the beautiful setting there in uh, in uh, that area of the country, or that area of the world, and really loved it. Ah, what a gift. One of the highlights of the trip is there's actually only one island in the lake, and uh, it has a restaurant that's run by this very eccentric man. And you have to make reservations months and months in advance, and you have to prepay, and then you have to figure out how to get to the island. <laughs> so we rented a water taxi, those beautiful, beautiful Italian boats. And we went, and there were, I think, probably 14 of us, 12 or probably 14. The boat was full. It was full and raining. Yeah. Oh. But we had a seven-course meal on this island in this beautiful place, and he was a storyteller. So at the end of the dinner, after having trout from the lake and vegetables and all this incredible stuff, they dim the lights and he comes out and he tells you a story, which is the history of the island. And while he's doing this, he has this big cauldron and it's got coffee and he's adding liqueur and all these different (coughs) things. And he ignites it and it goes out. And then they bring around ice cream and they pour this hot liquid over it. It was fabulous. Oh, my gosh. So at this dinner, you must have been there for like four hours. We were there a super long time. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. It's an event. It is. No. And they serve it family style. So everything comes out on big platters and you pass it. it. And then they leave it on the table. So it's pretty cool. And they have pictures of anybody who's famous has eaten there at one time or another, you know. Okay, so when we um, put this out to our audience, we always put photos that you're going to give us to post. If you can, see if you can find a photo of something from that great. trip. I'd oh, love yeah. to. For our, we have a lot. Yeah, listeners yeah. to see that. Oh, my gosh, how wonderful. Isn't it amazing that your love of music and then your passion of cooking provides you with experience? I mean, that's like, who does that? But that's an amazing gift that your path has taken to because of your music. Starting in kindergarten, that's pretty cool. Well, I think you know, Northwoods made that happen. When I right. took over, as started as director of music after Kevin left, 
we uh, had we hired Kinley, and the first trip we took was to Santa Fe, and that was a fabulous trip. So you hadn't. So okay. So hold on, well, real quick. Wait, wait. I want to go back before we get into this. You graduate from SMU, and then where do you go? Here. So you came here. After. Well, I worked a year. You worked and, a year, at, and then I came here, St. Patrick's School, and, and then, then you, I came here. You came to Northwoods. Mm-hmm. I started on July fourth as an interim, which was, I think, two weeks after Stuart and Jane left. Okay, so what year they, was that then? Ninety-three. Ninety-three. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So you, you graduate from your grad school. You work a year. You want to be? Was this your primary, or was this just something you picked up coming down to do? No, I came down here to work in Kingwood. I'd gotten a job at a brand new elementary school way in the back of Kingwood. Okay, so what brought you here was your week long, Mm -hmm. you know, I guess your career path there. We know you as a career here at Northwoods, but you have a career as an elementary school music teacher. Correct. Are you still doing elementary? Oh, yeah. Okay, so elementary is where you're at. And so you came down to do that and you found Northwoods right away. Okay. Yep. I moved in June, and by July I was doing an interim, and then they hired me. So where did you move to? Did you move to Atascacita then? Humble. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. And so then you, you came and you replaced Kevin, and Stuart had just left. Well, no. I, I replaced Mike Mason, I think, had left. Oh, okay. He was the organist, and Dave oh. Vandermeer was here. Oh, I, yes. All right, so okay. this is all before our time, oh, actually. Yeah. You were in choir at the time? Right, and... Todd was hired as the organist accompanist. So you were just the organist. Okay. And and so after Dave left, I did uh, several months as interim, and then Kevin came, and then when Kevin left, I did interim again, and then Kinley came. And uh, Kinley did not want to be the director of music. He wanted to be the choir director only. And I had done all the stuff you know, in the interim. And so they said, well, we don't really need somebody on site at that time. Right. So that's what, what what's I, the difference between director of music and a choir director? I mean, what, what are the different job, different tasks in there that he didn't oh, want to take? I don't think he wanted to do meetings and worship committee and all of the other stuff, you know. Neither did I. No, I'm just kidding. He <laughs> just wanted to come in and direct the choir. He was really yes. passionate about the... And the, compose. The and rehearsals. Mm-hmm. He yes. loved all that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And you've worked for worked with a lot of different people in our yeah. church, and there's a lot of different styles. Because Kinley brought a very unique approach. Because I remember when he came, and I remember, you know, I'm friends with people in the choir, and there wasn't um, there it was like a very refreshing difference mm-hmm. when he came because he brought, I guess, a lot more on the composing and technique and different ways you guys went about your music. Yeah, we got to try out some of his stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of his stuff, yeah. Right. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Okay, so, so then you... Hold on, I want. I don't want to go... How long were you with Kevin? If Kevin was the director of music, how long were you the accompanist with him here? Was that like seven, eight, ten oh, years? Oh, no. I, like five, two, two or three. three. Two or three. Okay. Yeah. And Brad Boulay was here for a year or two, right? A year or two. Yeah, I think Brad came in between. Right. Kevin and, and Kim. And that helped you make a connection. I'm not going to get ahead of everything, but that's how I got to, to, Tom. to Tomball. Right. Yeah, so I stayed oh, okay. in Kingwood for seven years, and I did elementary. 
And then I had an opportunity to teach junior high. And so I went down to Galena Park uh, and taught one year there. And then they had an opening at the high school for an assistant at North Shore. So I moved up and did that for four years. Oh. And then I went back to elementary. And when Brad said that he had two openings uh, out in Tomball, he said, I know it's a long way, but he said, I think you'd like Tomball. He said it's a great school district, and he was right. I mean, I have loved it. And that's the... where you've been ever since. Oh yeah, I, I would never leave. <laughs> okay, so what was your what what was what did you think looking back at because you did elementary, middle, and high? Are you feel like elementary? This is my bag. Yeah, yeah. I enjoyed the year doing junior high. Um, junior high is its own thing, and the greatest thing about junior high is your life goes by very quickly because every day you have to be so focused and so consistent because the kids really aren't and so they rely on you to do that and they they do need that structure and I'm pretty structured so that was easy for me and the the lady that I taught with who had been there for many years was very structured so she was able to teach me a lot of things Uh, and that was the first time I'd ever really taught choir Yes. I had I had had a children's choir, of course, but not on this level, you know, where you're getting ready to do UIL and yes. solo and ensemble on that. So it was great. Yes. And then at high school, it was a whole different thing. And what was hard there was when I was doing the interim stuff here, I was very busy. Because high school, you know, it's weekends, it's nights, yes. it's trips, you know, it's everything. And then doing Northwood, so something had to give. And sure. I was like, I, I can't, I can't do both. And elementary is nice because it really is school hours, except for choir. Yeah, is that like an hour after school? Yeah, but not really weekends or evenings so so much. Oh, uh, yeah, because you're you're doing a grade level program okay. every month. You're doing PTA meetings. You're okay. doing yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And have you but been at the not. same school in Tomball this whole time? I was only, I was a year or maybe two way out in Rose Hill when I first got there. And then when they opened this new school, which is on North Point, I had to go there. And I was like, well, but I like my school. But I went, and that was a great move because I, the principal who had initially hired me moved and took that job so I got to go with her and we've always had a great relationship when Brad interviewed me in that it was you know like summer beginning of summer and she was on her way to pick up one of her kids from LSU uh, because you know they were going to move him back and so she's you know driving down 20 or whatever and we're talking on the phone yeah Mm -hmm. okay i'm todd i teach music (laughs) sounds good when can you start (laughs) you know she was like if brad thinks you'll do do well i think you'll do well so awesome and i'm still with her she she uh is still the principal there so gosh that's awesome so okay let's let's dive in a little deeper on the on the the uh church music that you do and did you start the concert series? I did. How? When did that start? I know it's kind of on pause right now. Yeah, I don't know when it's. I don't remember. We did thirteen. Se- well, thirteen seasons. Thirteen seasons. Mm-hmm. And then what drove you to do that? And kind of explain what it is for the listeners. Well, our, our uh, I was just reading through something this morning on it. Uh, it it was I. It came out of wanting to do an outreach to the community. Um, 
there was a, a group of people who I knew would be interested in helping me with it. I always had a, a good board of directors. Um, and it, it was just a lot of fun. I, I enjoy all kinds of music, always have. And so I thought this is a way to bring all kinds of music to people and get them to come into the church in a non-church way. And maybe they would think about, you know, visiting on a Sunday morning. Well, it worked. Because I, <laughs> I, I went to, I don't know, probably four or five different concerts. Well, probably more than that. Because you brought the Canadian Brass in a few times. Or at least once we went to them. And then, but you brought in a classical guitarist. Susan oh, yeah. McDonald. Yeah. And, and for whatever, I'd never... I didn't know there was different types of guitar player, uh-huh. and, and so I was—I I really got um, interested in that, and, and really enjoyed. I bought one of her CDs at the concert, and um, Lance probably fell asleep to it many times when he was <laughs> a kid. But yeah, it's it, it. The concert series was something I always thought was very unique to Northwoods, yes. and it was important um, to us because I think it. It was something that kind of showed our music heritage because yeah. Northwoods is known as a um, kind of an outreach, helping the community. We're very strong in that, but we also have a very strong music program, adult music program. I, I don't know if it was ever the youth or the children were ever as strong, but um, yeah, it's. I think it's an important part to the church. When I started, we had it was strong all the way up. Uh, Nancy Ross was the children's choir director. Her husband was the first full-time choir director. uh, And uh, she was still here when I started. And I'll never forget, you know, that early service on Christmas Eve, she was old school, just like the elementary teachers I had growing up. If you had a Christmas program, she had a Christmas sweater. (laughs) And it had little bells and lights and everything on it. And that's that's the way she rolled. But, you know, back then it was a cast of thousands. Yes. And, and she always did a big summer musical. Yeah. My um, kids participated many yeah. years in choir camp and went yep. back when you took it over. I did. I did that for many years. Yeah. So And then Laura Howie came after her, and then Laura left, uh, and then I, I ended up doing it yeah. for many years. Yeah. yeah. Mike, were you going to um, say something? Oh, I was just going to talk about the concert series. Another benefit of the concert series, we got to have a gala. Yes. That was our that was our big fundraiser in the fall. Fun. Yeah. Yes. It yeah. brought everybody together and yeah. just made a real good experience for all of us. Yeah. Yes. So is that on is a concert series on pause or I think so. I think so. Do you think it'll come back? I don't know. Yeah. It's interesting. I, I think our congregation has changed in in a significant enough way that it would be very difficult to have anything on the same scale. We were doing four concerts a year. Uh, our budget one year was over $100,000. Yeah, it's awesome. And so I, we're, I don't think, I just think that we don't have that sort of involvement anymore. You know, it, it, it would be hard to get that motivation. Our, our congregation is aging out of that and, and uh, you know. Yeah. Okay, so I'm taking it in a new direction. Let's talk about you and family. So I want to know where and how you met your husband. Um, so we'll start with that. And then I want to know more about your son and your new grandson, which I always see all these adorable pictures. <laughs> so start with Zane. Tell us a little bit how you met and when you met. And 
Zane and I met at an organ convention in Austin, <laughs> Texas. Awesome. I was staying at the Driscoll Hotel and uh, going to these different churches for, for programs. And I always saw this very, very handsome man. And I thought, mm, I would like to know this person a little more. <laughs> and so one day I was sitting in the lobby bar and he walked up and goes, what do you know? And We've been together ever since. Oh, my gosh. We, we made a love connection, and we're inseparable. He had a lot of friends that lived in Austin who had gone to UT and then ended up living there. And so when we weren't doing convention, we went to the lake, and we went to different people's homes and hung out and got to know each other. And we have been together ever since. So what year was that? 91. 91. And so you were here in Houston by then? Or mm-hmm. you were I was SMU? in Dallas. I was in oh, Dallas. Oh, so you were still in college. I mean, grad school. I was I was teaching at, at St. I, it was the year before I started teaching at the, the Catholic okay. Church, and so, which is why I only taught one year. We yes. did the long distance thing for one year, and then I moved here. So okay. where, where were, he was living in Houston? Yeah, he had just moved here. He's from Port Arthur. Okay. And he had taught in Nederland oh, yep. sure. for a year or two. We're very familiar with the Golden Triangle. Yeah. We've got a lot of, a yeah. lot of guests that are from that yeah. area. Yeah. <laughs> so oh he had moved to, moved here. And so he said, we've got a new school opening, and I'm going to talk to the principal. Do you want to interview? I was like, yeah, sure. That so. is awesome. And he also is an organist or a musician? Yeah, exactly the same. He, he taught junior high at the time, and then he was at a Methodist church and still is. He's at a different one now. Yes. but. Yeah, we do the same thing. My so, so his, so your time when you're off doing stuff, not the North, same. It's not. No, <laughs> we're on different schedules. So, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. His school is on one of those awkward schedules where they get a, a week off in the fall, oh. a week off for Thanksgiving, two weeks at Christmas, then a week off in February, and a week off in April. Oh, okay. so ours is like March. So we don't always have the same. Yes. Yeah, we used to. Yeah. But the good thing is, we're both of an age where we've taught so long. We have hundreds of days of sick leave. So if we ever want to do something, just take time, go. Oh, my gosh. I love it. Okay, so you all met in 91, and then you just recently got married, like, what, five years? On our 25th anniversary, we got married. Literally on the day? On on the day. And then, uh, and so this summer, June 18th, will be our 30th anniversary, or five-year anniversary, depending on how you look at it. Oh, my gosh. I love it. Again, listeners, if you could see the smile on his face, I love it. I love it. So let's talk about this grandson. Yes. So So I briefly entered the Twilight Zone and got married, and I am ever so grateful to have a 30-year-old who has a -a two-and-a-half-year-old. So that's exciting. And a lovely, lovely, he has a lovely wife. Oh, and so how old are your grandsons, too? Two and a half. Two and a half. Yeah. Precious. And where do they live? Arlington. Oh, okay. Grand Prairie. Sure, sure. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And is he musical, your son or your grandson? My son is very musical. <gasps> oh, he is? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. I love him. He it. makes oh, his living yeah, bass guitar. Really? Yeah. He's in three bands and I does guess. that. He teaches during the week. Um Private lessons. Okay. Right now, all on Zoom, of course. Oh, sure, sure. Have you all done any music together? Like, I think I recall one summer maybe he was here, possibly in choir Well, camp he or... used to play uh, clarinet. So when he was here, he would oftentimes do that. Okay. And he was in all kinds of programs. If yeah. he was here for the summer and 
there was a program or at Christmas and there yeah. was a program he'd do it. Oh, that's great. That's great. So. Okay, I want to rewind and then I'm going to fast forward to <laughs> um, the next couple of years of things that you put down that you want to do. I want sure. to rewind back to your summers when you're growing up. You mentioned going to um, – uh, it sounds like a lake or a cabin. Yeah. Tell us about that. Well, my parents, my mom had one brother. And so they invested in a lake house up in Brainerd, Minnesota, on a beautiful lake. And so uh, they would take turns going up. And then in the summer, the two ladies would bring her only son and then my sister and I. And we'd go up for weeks on end. And then the, the guys would come up when they could get off work. My dad had his own business, so he was always working. So and what very, business was that? He was a beer distributor. So oh. he he distributed. Is that how you met the organ player from the bar? No. Oh, okay. Uh, but uh, you know that he uh, he delivered beer to bars and restaurants and liquor stores and that okay. sort of thing. And uh, he sold his business when I was in high school, oh. so that he could. It was either he had to expand. Or he had to sell yes. in order to kind of make it at that time. Yeah. And so he decided to sell his business and uh, went to work for the man he sold out to and, and did, did great work. And is he, he's not alive. No, he passed away seven years ago. Okay, because I know I've met your mom a number of times over the years, and, and I was thinking that she was widowed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, goodness. I, just, I think of northern Minnesota at a lake as a kid in the summer, swimming. You mentioned in here swimming, golfing, fishing, well, boating. So their, their place was a part of a huge resort. And when this resort first opened, they had like in sort of, you know, things. They had cabins. They had condos. They had all kinds of things. But it had a golf course. It had all these other things. And it had even had its own chapel, which was kind of cool. But we could we could go all day long and never see another adult and just do kid things because you're up in the, the woods, yeah. you know. Um, and it was great. We loved to fish. We loved to swim. We loved to do all that. So it was great. It sounds like you were very – I mean, and, and not uncommon for Minnesota – in the summer, it's like uh, you live I, outdoors. Yeah, it's well, like a two-month festival. Up in the seventies, you know, there's that it, freedom and there. Yeah. No, if fear. you had a bike, you were great. Yes, and you were gone. My my cousin was into uh, go karts, and so they always had a go kart, yeah. and so we'd be tooling around on the go kart, yeah, you know, just doing oh, whatever. I love, it. I love it. So the other thing I wanted to talk about growing up is you you mentioned that your parents entertained a great deal. Yeah. And, and it kind of goes if your dad had a business and then had a big family as well, you know, a lot of family coming over. But anywhere from 8 to 30 people at dinner at any given time, and you would play the piano during cocktails oh, um, so for, for the, as the entertainment. It was the old times yes. where, you know, kids were to be seen and not heard. <laughs> and so we were always stashed away. And then it'd be like, oh, well, is Todd gonna play the piano for us? And, and then I would have to go and do that. So <laughs> and then you also it was not a highlight for me at the time. <laughs> right. <laughs> there was no to be at the family party. You know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Great. Bunch of drunk people. <laughs> <I> know, <laughs> right, exactly. Oh my gosh. Uh, but what then, nationality are your parents? 
Well, I would say German and Irish. Dad's Irish comes okay. from an Irish family. My my mother came from German, but her father was French. Oh, okay. But um, well, I was yeah. thinking the way you talk about the big family, especially on the Catholic side. Very, I was thinking Irish or Italian because that's very similar to my Catholic Italian family. You mm-hmm. know, so I was curious. Yeah. Yeah. So then, when you were when you were working at the country club, you also would play at bars, play the piano at bars for tips. Well, yeah. It, it was it was super fun because after I'd go golfing, they had an opening for a waiter, and I was I was a terrible waiter. <laughs> I, I I know I was a terrible waiter. I had fun doing it, but I I enjoyed being with the other wait staff, not yeah. necessarily waiting tables. Right. <laughs> and uh, since since I played the organ and the piano, they were always looking for somebody to play in the bar for the golfers and that sort of thing. And so I did that on Friday and Saturday nights. And then the other nights, I waited tables unsuccessfully. That's funny. You also mentioned playing at uh, the Christmas Eve service. Was that that little white church that you played at in high school and yeah. or junior high and high school um, about how – just the old style, the building being as old as it was with the pane windows and the, um, you know, the candles. It was a very simple thing. You know, I mean, they they literally would put candles in windows and there were maybe a couple evergreen branches, never a Christmas tree in the church, that sort of thing. It was very Spartan. But that's what made it beautiful. Oh, for sure. For sure. Okay, so let me ask. I know you've done a lot of traveling. Um, what? Tell us one, besides the couple you've mentioned, is there another one that sticks out that's just been a favorite of one of your travels? Well, in recent years, we've been to Spain, which we loved immensely. Spain is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful country. Uh, we spent two weeks there and got to travel quite a bit. We were in Barcelona, Sitges, and Madrid. Um, and then for our honeymoon, we went to London and Paris for oh. 16 days, I guess. Yes. And that was lovely. Oh, I yes. would go back and do that. Me too. I love London so, so much. And Paris. Yeah. And so is that, so I was going to say. The so next is trip the... is going to be Portugal and Spain because we haven't been to Granada, Sevilla, all those places. And um, one of my cousins who travels extensively goes to Portugal every year. She's like, it's, uh, I, I don't get that. enough enough of it. Yes. And it's quite a diverse country for being as small as it is. Yes. You have mountains. You have um, the capital is quite a bit like San Francisco. It's very hilly. They've got a bridge that looks kind of like the Golden Gate. Yes. It, I want to go try that. And, of course, they have wonderful food. Oh, yes. <laughs> is Zane a foodie or are you the foodie for I think him? I'm the foodie for the two of yeah. us. Yeah. <laughs> There's usually one in every couple. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's great. So you mentioned here that uh, I guess kind of what you, you call it a dream, I, you know, we bucket list type, Camino de Santiago in Spain. Talk about that. What got well, you interested? Well, it's a, it's a pilgrimage. It's the way of St. James. Uh and I think we had talked early on about organ competitions. So early on, uh, one of my little friends, uh, his name was Kurt, uh, we kind of got to know each other and stayed in contact for many, many years. But he has done that journey now twice. And I had a chance to reconnect with him when they had the National Organ Convention in Houston about four years ago. And uh, he talked about that. And I'm interested in doing something 
spiritual for my 30th anniversary at Northwoods uh, to mark that. And so I thought that would be something very significant. Yes, yes. And when is your 30th anniversary? Uh, two more years. Oh, good. COVID will be done by then. It will be done yes. by then. And oh. I will be vaccinated. Yes, yes. Okay, that's a wonderful goal to, to be dreaming yes. for. So I've already started. I walk five miles a day, more on the weekends. Um, yeah, you look fabulous, by the way. Thanks. Yes. I use I this time to make some changes yes. rather than – because when I started out on quarantine, I kind of wallowed. Yeah. And that was not working for me. Right. Taking two naps a day. <laughs> right. Watching too much TV. Sure. Baking too much sourdough bread. <laughs> yes. I knew more about too my... Too many happy hours. <laughs> yes. Zoom happy hours yeah. and real ones. Yeah. You know, even though it's a virtual happy hour, if you're happy houring, it's still real. So, right, right. So we just, we quit all that. Yes. So yeah. Well, you look fabulous, really. Zane has done the journey with me, Wonderful. and he looks... Amazing. Yes, wonderful. So, so one thing that we're we want to ask you kind of as a as a closing here is what is one thing you would tell your younger self? Gosh, I, I don't know. Follow your dream. Do what you want to, you know, don't put off tomorrow what you can do today. I oh. guess that would be, you know. Yes. Cuz you can't go back. Um, somebody once told me, and I, I tell it to my friend Sarah because she's a, a lovely person, but we're both aging. And we work together. She's the art teacher. I'm the music teacher. And I said, you know, somebody once told me, you will never look as good as you do today. Right? And, I, and I'm like, ah, that, ah, that's ridiculous. <laughs> and she said, it's because you'll never be as young as you are today. Yes. And you know, I have spent the last five years saying saying that to myself. And then I went, that's not true. Because you can change how you feel. And you can, you know, you need to do those things today that help you tomorrow. Yes, wonderful. I love it. Love it. I've really enjoyed our conversation, Todd. Uh, I we I knew you in passing. I I should say I knew your name and say hi to you, but I didn't know you like I do now, and Good. and that really means a lot to me. I appreciate you opening up and coming forward with with your story for us. Well, thank yes. you for inviting me. Yes, of course, and of course we worked together. I was here for nine of your twenty eight years, <laughs> so but we were again, on some staff retreats we together. Were. A lot of fun, a lot yeah. of good memories and laughter, and and just with you and Kinley both in the music world. I just loved it. But this is so fun because I've always been curious about like because I know you were. I mean, you really have to be in the top tier of organ musicians. I mean, you have to be because you are phenomenal, and we like to sit in church where we can just watch you and watch your legs go opposite and your hands go opposite and it's just your music is is just so beautiful so it's fun to kind of just hear some more stories of what where your gift started and how it brought you all this way so thanks for sharing thank you for having me absolutely thanks for listening to more to my story podcast if you enjoyed this podcast please rate and review us on your podcast service and please also share us with your friends and family. You can find more about More to My Story podcast on our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram pages.